All right, we're good to go. Do you want to do the intro and all? Or it's been a while since it? we've done it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. How about we both do it? I'll like, I'll look at you when, yeah. I, when it's your turn to talk, and then you look away, and then when you want me to talk, you look back. <laughs> Wait, say that again? All right, so... <laughs> this is super complicated. I'll start talking, like, I'll, I'll be like, welcome to Flatty Thoughts, and then when I look at you, you continue. And then when I look and, away... And, no, you and you look away as soon as I look at you. And then when you look back, that's when you want me to start going. <laughs> okay. You're like, this is too confusing. Okay, we got this. Maybe we should have a, a signal or something like that. Let's do brush and bow. Now, let's just do, let's do your look away, look back, look away. Okay, here we go. Weird thing. Welcome to Flighty Thoughts. Meaningful conversation over a flight of beer. I'm your host, David. And I'm your host, Bevel. We're glad to have you with us today. We are at Lost 40 Brewing, which is in Little Rock. And we're, we both have a flight. I, I've forgotten already what we've ordered, but we've got a full range. I don't think you and I have ordered anything that's the same. Except for the blueberry. The blueberry, right. The blueberry. No, I don't think it's true. The pale ale, the blueberry, and the IPA. Yes. When you said pale ale, I was like, I don't even call, care what it's called. I just want to try it. Right. By the way, recently, you know how earlier I said I like Magic Hat Number 9 as, yeah. as a go-to pale ale? Mm-hmm. It was good, but it wasn't what I remembered. I guess I remembered differently. So shout out to Ghost River Brewing. I forget their pale ale. Yeah. But I think of that one now <laughs> as trumping that uh, that other one. When you think of pale ales, you think of Ghost River. Yeah. That, that was a really good. That was a good. That was a good brewery, and I'm excited about that episode. It was a good episode, and uh, I'm excited about what we have in the future here too. For sure. So there is a new place. Should we tell them about the new place? Ah, okay, we'll be surprised. A little surprise. Uh, we're going to record probably next week. I don't know. You got to leave them with 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 wanting Make something them. more. That's how I feel like with pale ales. It's yeah. like, what's the mystery to this? I want to find out, so I want to drink more. But pale ales have a lot of depth. Yeah, a lot they more do. so. I think that. Well, I guess you could say that about every variety of beer. But for me, pale ales because they can range from like more towards the lager side and more towards the IPA side, or that perfect spot you can have a American pale ale. You can have right. a British pale ale. You can have an Indian pale ale. So, did you see East Six brewing new oatmeal something or other? I almost want to look it up to ask you, like, what kind of drink is this? Because I, I am just beer illiterate. But anyway, while we're on the subject of beer, I tried um, Lost Forties Druid, which is a wild barrel project series that they have. It's a mixed culture stout. And I just want to read the description to you. It says a blend of... Red wine, bar- barley aged milk stout, and rye whiskey. Barreled aged imperial stout aged with, I can't even pronounce that word, for nine months before bottling. That has got to be the most. It's oh, so long. Notes of German chocolate cake with whiskey sauce and dark cherries. So the most confused beer I've ever heard. It is. It's so wine, it's whiskey, it's when beer. When I think of stouts, right. I think of sweetness. Mm. I think of thickness as well. And this beer, it's maybe medium on the thickness. And is not sweet at all. Interesting. And you and I talked about this in a previous episode. We were talking about how it's someone's interpretation of the cherry or the strawberry or this or that. So the person who created this in thinking about the cherry more than likely thought of the tartness of the cherry. Whereas I would have anticipated the sweetness and the the sort of the depth of the cherry. Um, sort of like, you know, like a, a, a grape for wine. That is a, a very astute observation and, and review of that beer. And I'll say the sweetness comes from the roasting of the malts with the darker malts, which make it that stout, which give it that sweetness too. And I think that's just a, 
a wonderful way to enjoy a beer. And I'm not where you are on the on the the dark beers, but uh, I got one on the flight, so do it to do it. I remember my flight. I got a uh, an IPA, a dig the trail, dig the ride IPA, the pale ale that they have, the blueberry brunch muffin, and then the druid mixed culture stout. And I think that's pretty impressive how they do all that as well. All right, so after we leave here, this is what I'm going to buy. It's called an oat cream DIPA. Double IPA. That's what D stands for. Okay. Double double the In hops. any other context, D would stand for something else, but here it double. is double. Double the hops, double the alcohol. Hey, um today we are talking about it's just me and you. So today we're talking about fasting. Yeah, no guests today because I actually heard from uh, the the very small Methodist grapevine about mm. a fasting experience you had. Someone told me, they said, Bevel is the me? only person I know who, no. who fasted for 40 days. Is who, this true? Who told you this? Who told you this? Uh, my brother-in-law, Tony. <laughs> he probably said what a jerk I was during those 40 days. Absolutely. Well, he didn't comment <laughs> on you on your Mi- attitude. My wife, Missy, will say that. Like, he, he, was, he had a short fuse. Well, before you tell me this story, I mean, fasting is a is a, an important spiritual discipline. And I think one that we as Western Christians have a tendency to kind of glance over, right? Much like, like, um, tithing we have right. a, to disconnect to that. So, but it's people's immediate interpretation of fasting is to go without food or water, but it's not just that. And that from what I hear was yours, but I would love to hear so more as we talk about this it. This was a good experience for me to not only dip my toe in the water of fasting, but to jump on the deep end. And so I'll, well, that doesn't sound like you all in or all. Nothing, I know. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> My wife is going to hear this and just laugh and roll her eyes. Bro. Well, not laugh, just roll her eyes. So, yeah, this was an experience where I learned more about fasting and how I got it wrong. Ooh. And since then, so currently you and I were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, I'm fasting, but thinking of fasting in different ways. So, like you said, yeah, food and water. That's what we think of when we fast. There's the Daniel fast, which is for, uh, was it, I don't know how many days, and you just kind of eat steamed vegetables, this and that. There's a 40-day fast that we know from uh, Scripture that many different people have done. Uh, they're usually on the mountain with God, so that plays into that reality. I, I just wanted to see if I could do 40 days. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people probably could say that I cheated in some ways because... I did 40 days of not eating food per se. My parameters were basically I could drink any water, uh, juices, yeah, either light broths or um, very light soups. So like sort of like mushroom soup, something that is not heavy in the vegetables. As opposed but, to like cream of chicken. Right. Yeah. Something that's like, oh, I need to go lie down and take a nap. <laughs> so let's start off with saying this. Wait, the, let's yeah. start off by telling me why you did it. Why did it? What was your What was your reasoning? Behind so, part of it was I just wanted to see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Another part of it was I did want to draw closer to God, and I had you know in college you have a lot of decisions that you make, and then even after college, what what is my life? Where am I going? What What am I going to do for a living? And so some of it was just seeking direction from God. When I did this fast. You know, I joked earlier about my wife, but I, uh, I was just miserable when I did it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in a lot of ways, whether you fast from something or not, that's part of the process. You're going to be sort of miserable in doing it because your body is so used to having a certain amount of food and, you know, you even looking forward to eating food and whatnot. And, um, 
and it was hard too. So I worked at Johnny's Pizza House. Where While you fasted? Yes. And I'll say, Johnny's Pizza is a regional pizza out of Louisiana, and it is by far like it, it is kicks ass. To, the biggest to most temptation all of if you're fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we and and we sometimes we intentionally like. No, I wouldn't say intentionally, but if an order got messed up, it got messed up. We ate it. You know. I had a buddy who worked it there, and I would call him and be like, "Hey." Hey, bring me a pizza. Got any, got any rejects? Yeah, about once a week I get this <laughs> this large pepperoni pizza shove yeah. up at my doorstep. Yeah, so uh, it was hard working during that time, and I probably was not a good employee to people, um, you know, coworkers or or employee in terms of managers and stuff. How did you think it was going to draw you closer to God? I thought that it was going to help me to put my focus more on praying and reading scripture and uh, just kind of connecting with God. And Our new uh, best friend, Sean, just showed up with thanks, Sean, a couple with our of flights. flights of beer. So we'll have to All go right, over there. So we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Well, it's right here. So there's your druid right there. That's how you can tell. You can go on that gotcha. One. And then yours right there. That's going to be the muffin. Okay. Oh, I love muffins. Right there. Muffins. There you go. Really Fish Sean, by the way, well, shout out to Sean. Fourth day here. Fourth first day, day on the floor. Working. He's killing it. Sean, you're killing it, man. Something, come see me. We'll get you taken care of. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Sean. Wow, this is like a hefty flight, right? Yeah. Like, you have to... Oh, my God. It's like five pounds. Yeah. So, kind of back to the story a little yeah. bit. Yeah, please. It, You know, you start off something, and you have an intention and a purpose, and sometimes you focus on what you weren't intended to focus on. And mm-hmm. so, I think what happened was, I sort of in the background got just... I was miserable because I wasn't used to this. And looking back on it, it's sort of like what a doctor tells you if you need to lose weight. Don't kill yourself trying to do more than you can. Start off with just the next step forward and do what you can and work up to something. And so this was my deep end where, of course, I went all in and I I allowed it to be too much. I probably should have started off with trying a one-day fast build up to, you know, two or three day fast, a week fast. It's like runners. So Missy and I have done a half marathon before. It's like, you don't just start off by running a a half marathon. You start off with a mile or two here, you build up to five or seven. And then at the end, even at the end, you don't run a full, like you run like 11 or 12 miles total. So, um, all I remember of that time is there were some aspects of it where I did draw close to God, but, oh, Overall, I was a miserable, miserable person. asshole. Yes, and I lost sight of drawing closer to God, and that was my overall goal. So, yeah, I don't know if you have any questions about that, but moving forward, what I've learned over the years is that I need to acknowledge where I'm at, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the best at fasting. Our our faith tradition of Methodism, we have to where we want to have a goal of fasting weekly, and I don't do that always. And I've actually, you know, had moments and I'm probably have said this before in many different things in life. To me, it's an accordion. There's times where you try things out, you build up, you work to it, you know, you kind of fill yourself with these practices, but you have to work up to it and you're full of air and things are great. But there are other times where it's like you can't expect to go to having so much air in the billow to be able to play and then push back down. Sometimes you have no air whatsoever. And so you have to acknowledge that and acknowledge where you're at and just take the next step forward and slowly put air into the accordion. I love, I love that analogy too. Yeah. But I, I want to say, if you have that analogy, 
and you use it, I want you to name your accordion Grace. Grace. Because all that mm. comes through Grace. Mm. That's an interesting perspective on on fasting. And I think I think for people who know you, people who listen to this podcast, they are not surprised that you went, you know, 100% in <laughs> into that. And and you were probably very legalistic about it too, which kind mm. of equated to your your jerkiness. And and I understand that. And and I'm very proud of you for doing that. Hey, we got our food here too. Excellent. I have to say, um, so fasting doesn't always have to be just the difference between um, water and everything. You can fast from other stuff. I wanted to. No, we're good. I I tried fasting once as well for an extended period of time when we were in Africa. And that was a time when. Hey, Sean, can we get a a knife to cut this in half? There was. Thank uh, you, Sean. Can I do a little side? I'm sorry. Please, let's do it. The thing that my family and I have been doing lately that I love. So as it's probably a week or two ago, Missy and I alternated which kid we slept with uh, either night. And the night I slept uh, with Emma, we stayed up and we did a d- different things. Like she played her game for a little while and I read. What game? Uh, I think she's she's playing like, it's basically not a game. It Like she'll, she'll play the Lego game some, but then she'll watch this video. Oh, okay. No, nah, we'll, we'll, be we'll right. try it out. It might be okay. okay cool, thanks. All right, Appreciate thanks. It. So um, there was a moment where she was like, "Let's make up characters." Mm, and so tasty. what we did, what we did was, I made up these two characters, Teresa and Dominic. Yeah. And they live. They're from New Jersey, I guess. So they have that this accent. And so Teresa is like, "Dominic, can you take me shopping today? Can I have borrow you just your credit card? I want to go shopping." And the Dominic's like, "Told you like." No, Teresa, I told you, I got to go to work today. You're not borrowing my credit card. Anyway, so now what that is equated to is we'll be on a car ride going somewhere, and each one of us pick a character, and we just see how long we can go making up any scenario. Wait, and you and your daughter? Me, Missy, and both my daughters. Oh, that's fantastic. And so, like, I think we, like, Candy is the name of the daughter. Yeah. Um you know, Teresa, which initially is the wife, and then Dominic is the husband. And then the mother, I forget her name, but it's like, it's one of those type of overbearing mothers where it's like, you know, Dominic's like, Teresa, I told you your mother cannot stay here again. She's got her own friends, her own house. She doesn't have to stay here with us. Driving me nuts, Teresa. <laughs> oh, but Dominic, she gets so worried at night, and I get worried for her. It almost sounds like she's a smoker, too, you know? I'm glad that I'm glad you're keeping things real in lockdown. <laughs> So making, where were we? Making fasting, fun. right? Let's, let's go back to the spiritual practice of fasting. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I just tried the blueberry, and um, it's nice, but I wanted more. Yeah. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I'm, I'm tasting it too. I just dipped my watch in your beer. So best tasting watch on the block. What's up? Let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. Rebel kettles, no moss. Yeah. They've turned into E6. I'm not impressed. And they wanted to go, I guess, for a different slice of the market. Classier vibe. Classier, maybe people that are into, I don't want to name it, but like just more, and maybe this is offensive, girly jer- drinks. That is offensive. Reframe I know it, it is. Reframe it. I'm sorry. It's Come on. Just, I'm calling you out. So, for example, like I went weeks ago with Bill and Jeremy. They had a, I think it was Wait a, a second. St- Bill and Jeremy, they were on our episode for May. Check it out. Yeah, across Happy over. Hippie Jesus. Yeah. So they had a lemon pound cake stout or something like that. Right. Or no, 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 a tripel, something, something where it's like, come on, 
you shouldn't be mixing these things together. They were the ones that put like cinnamon rolls in their 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 brew. Yeah, and I actually liked that a little bit. I, th- I, I felt like weird. that was I felt like that was okay experimenting, but not going crazy. I need to tell you this. Okay, <sighs> I hope it doesn't change our relationship. But I'm a beer purist. Okay, I feel like um, you should observe the old German laws that there are only four four ingredients that go into a beer: water, yeast, malt, and hops. And that there gives you the breadth to make a, enough beer that um, that's, that's really good. Once you start throwing things like cinnamon and lactose and vanilla. and I got to put some quartamin in there, Dominic. Yeah, right? I love it. Like, if you want that, try your flavored coffees. But leave beer as is as intended. I think you and I differ in that because. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. So I think. So, for example, if you do a pale ale. You have to make it to where it tastes within the category of pale ale. It's okay if there's a certain flavor that you emphasize a little bit more, you know, turn the volume up some, but as long as it still tastes like a pale ale. For example, that Lost 40 beer I mentioned when we started, it does not taste like a stout. And so for me, I don't care what it tastes like, it's not a stout. Call it something else if it's something else. Okay, I can accept that. And it, but it makes me think of a black lager. So Great Raft has a reasonably corrupt, which is a black lager. Mm-hmm. So it it looks like a stout, but doesn't doesn't taste like a stout. Doesn't hit like a stout. Right. No. This is a life lesson. So you should never judge a beer by its appearance. Come on, Dominic. We're gonna go see David. He's gonna <laughs> give us life lessons about beer. That's what it is. <laughs> so my idea of fasting, as we circle back. Uh, my idea of fasting was uh, I needed something. I needed something to connect me to God. I needed something that would would just anchor me in those mm-hmm. times when I'm not flailing or just in need. And so I, I tried for a while on – I'd pick a day a week, and I would not eat anything uh, until until dinner. So I, I just would you know do it like no that. No breakfast. No breakfast. And for a while, I tried nothing but water, coffee and water, mm. right? And I would use that opportunity so that when the hunger pangs hit, I would turn and I would pray to God. And I would use that as my kind of trigger to say, hey, this is how I'm going to connect and this is how I'm going to build my relationship. And it it worked and, and I was very jerky to people and I worked with a bunch of people. And so I started incorporating juice. I would say I could have a little bit of juice to get mm. a little bit of calories in it. And... I miss doing that. I think it. I think it's a good opportunity to kind of keep on the forefront of your mind this longing and this building of a relationship with the holy. Yeah. As you're talking, I was thinking about you almost need to put on three by five card. I'm doing this because I want to draw closer to God. Somewhere where you're going to see it, not just daily, but multiple times throughout the day. So maybe bathroom mirror, maybe wherever you sit and work, or maybe in your car even. Because I think the reality is we're so prone as human beings to fall into the habits that we've already either created or have allowed to become habits. We can expand that past fasting. Like, you know, I'm doing this because of this reason, right? Like, I'm not, I'm going to work because, not because I want to make money, but because I want to have blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or, I, and, and as parents, you talk about that. You Hopefully you sit down and say, we're, these are the rules we're going to have and, and this is why we're going to have them. And, and I think we always need those constant reminders, which is why 
these journals are coming up or, you know, write the five things a day that you like or the goals that you have because mm. we need that stuff in the forefront of our mind because when we don't have it, we flounder. Quick example. Lay it on me. There, there's a community that love planners. And Is this they, the same as a scrapbook community? Maybe. So the planning community is really big on having not just a planner, but planners for different categories. Some people do multiple planners per year. Planner for Christmas, planner for um, workout goals, planner Are for Are you all one these of different- these people? I'm, no, I'm not one of these people. And I'm not clowning on the community. I'm just saying it's for anything in life. You can have a plan, but if you don't keep focused on your intention, sometimes the plan becomes what you accomplish. So, for example... If I have a planner and I get it, I buy all these stickers, I, I, you know, I, I want to spend so much time planning my week, I could so easily get caught up in the weeds of planning what I'm going to do that I don't actually accomplish the goals of what I want to do. And it's the same thing, I think, with fasting. You could start off with an intention. You could start off trying certain things. And, and like me, I got stuck where I, I fasted for sure. Yeah, technically I fasted. But I didn't accomplish my goal of drawing closer to God fully. I waned in that and actually got kind of bitter about, oh, well, like I just feel miserable because I'm not eating or whatever. The distractions that take us away from the intentions. Right. That's a, I think that's a huge thing. And I think we have set ourselves up to be a distracted people. And so... What's the response to that? What's the answer to that? I think it's just a recommittal yeah. to your intentions, to your goals. Or a trigger within them, right? right? So you find that trigger, you say, oh, no, it's not going to do it. It's, it's basic behavioral modification with what you do with children and other people. When you, you find that trigger. Or with planning. You have um, planning goals where you assess your week. Did I accomplish my goals for this week? And you don't beat yourself up over it. You just say... Well, I noticed that I got this done, but this suffered. So you readjust, you recalibrate. And um, I think if I were to take on that goal of 40 days again, I would have probably every two or three days reassessing or assessing and recalibrating. And, And again, it goes back to just because you accomplish a goal doesn't mean you have to get it done immediately. Yeah. And I think so much in my own mind and maybe in our minds, we have... We're so wanting to speed through the journey or the process to get to that goal where we don't actually enjoy it and we don't actually see the progress, but instead we make it into something else that maybe it's not. And so, 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 so for example, for me, if I were to do 40 days of fasting, I would assess it every two days and say, what did I do good at? What did I fail at? What do I need to change in order to accomplish or get closer to the goal. So, for example, I might not hit that goal every week, but I might do better than I was in the beginning where it's like I don't even know how to fast. And um, so I want to shift topics a little bit to more recent. Okay. We started off talking about how normally we focus on um, fasting with food and water. And you and I were talking beforehand about, uh, you know, I hit us just a low point altogether. Probably about a month ago, maybe a few weeks ago. 
where I just had no direction. I, uh, I was listening to news and consuming news from so many different sources. And I just had every moment of my day almost like a, a white noise, something going on in the background. And I didn't allow time to think. I didn't allow time to process what I'm experiencing. I didn't allow time to plan ahead. I just was sort of surviving and just sort of, you know, just going. And it's funny because you called me that day. And I felt so bad afterwards in some ways, but I love that you're you're such a friend that it wasn't that big a deal. David calls, and like all of us, we're like, hey, how, hey, bud, how you doing? And you're expecting it to be more of a greeting, like, how you doing? I need to ask you about this thing. And so when you asked me, hey, how are you doing? And I lovingly, I guess, unloaded uh, everything. And you, you were, you know, you were uh, kind and listened and encouraged me and even followed up and cared for me. And so I appreciate that. But at the end, I love that you were like, I actually was just calling about this. And I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, um, and so we, we figured out whatever it was you needed help with. Um, so since then, what I realized was I wasn't allowing margin in my life to connect with God. Mm-hmm. I had so easily, you know, done reading or watched videos on people's uh, opinions or thoughts on the coronavirus and the pandemic and, you know, politically everything that's been going on that I didn't, I didn't stop and, and, and I kind of weeded out prayer and Bible reading. And and I share this with a group of guys, you know, I, I, uh, I meet with weekly just for accountability and just to talk about things and care for one another. And I'm at a different place today. I'm much better. So one of the things I put into practice, and again, I don't want to be too legalistic with this, but I realized, you know, I keep, uh, it's the courting example again in my life with social media. There's times where like I'm empty and it's, I have no air to play music because I'm always on Facebook or I'm always on YouTube or I'm always doing this and that, but I'm not allowing time to just pray or I'm not allowing time to consider what I'm hearing. It's just constantly taking in information. Um, and so I set up some boundaries like I, I do from time to time. And, and so it's one of those things like, you know, if you're listening to this and you struggle with this, like don't beat yourself up. Just acknowledge where you're at. Like acknowledging where you're at is one of the things that's most helpful, whether, whether it's fasting, whether it's, it's taking in information, which a lot of our information nowadays, if we're honest, is junk food information where we're just having things come in and it's either more emotional or it's more like, well, this is what's really happening. And it's like, well, that's your opinion. You know, like what, let's find out the facts and work towards what you want to accomplish. So for example, I've set up a boundary to where I have on my phone and I love like the ecosystem of Apple that, that you can do this. I have limits on my phone. So from 9 PM to 7 AM, I cannot open up any app except for phone and message. Hmm. And I don't even keep my phone in my room anymore. I, uh, and, and you know, usually in the morning I get up and I'll check email, I'll check Facebook, I'll check Instagram, I'll, you know, all kind of different things. And so this, you know, allows me to wake up and I actually have been reading or I just sit there and pray or I'm just quiet and I'm able to listen or able to process through I don't know. I've been having weird dreams lately. So I've been thinking like, why am I having weird dreams? I don't know. Um, I also put a limit on uh, just apps and I've done this before. So for example, friends out there, I I love you. 
and I love that there's an app called Marco Polo, but honestly, <laughs> I'm tired of downloading it to hear your 30 seconds to a minute of saying, hey, Bevel, how you're doing? Like, that's important to me for sure, but it's like after one or two days of catching up, there's nothing that happens. And you could just message me with that or call me. And so it's nothing against you. It's just I don't want to have that app. And so I deleted it again. Good for you. Yeah. I have to tell you this. This is just a, as an interjection for that. The opposite of that is when you have someone, we'll, we'll just call them family, who has something they want to share and they have a five-minute Marco Polo. Yeah. There, there are a few things as grueling as a five-minute Marco Polo. Right. Well, and I think it's the thing of, you know, what is it? Is it? It's either TikTok or there's some other app too where it's like there's this influx of people going throughout their normal day and they're like, I've got to record this and share this with the world or my friends. And it's like... I would hang out with you face to face and us, you know, have kind of the, it's like we've been watching Seinfeld lately. Yeah. And we watched that episode where it's like, they're pitching the show to NBC and it's like, it's a show about nothing, you know, like it's, you go throughout your day, you do this. And it's like, if you're face to face doing that with friends, sure. But it's like, I don't need to see all of that when I'm not with you, you know? So anyway, man, we're on a tangent upon well, tangent. I, I want to bring it back to a couple of things. One, I think it's impressive that you're able to to recognize it in yourself. And I think a lot of people are not able to do it. Or they find themselves falling down this rabbit hole and not knowing how to, to get themselves out. Mm. And and you mentioned something about fasting, about how you, you would do it. And then every couple of days you would evaluate it. Mm. And I think that's great. That keeps us on track. We can do it with more fasting. We can do it as parents. We can do it with our jobs. We can do it with the amount of alcohol we consume. Anything. But, and this comes this comes from my yoga practice too, is that, once it's over, it's over. Mm. And you have to release it from there and not dwell on it. Right. And that's a hard thing to do, but it's also an important thing to do. There, there's two, at the end of every yoga practice, you you kind of do two things, right? You do shavasana, which is corpse pose, which they say is the hardest posture because you just have to be still. But being still with your body is not difficult. It's the being still with your mind is the difficult part about it. Mm. And it plays into meditation as well. And meditation is a form of prayer, a form of connection. And that you do it, you put all of your interest and all of your emphasis in it. And then when it's done, you acknowledge that it's done and you let it be. But also you acknowledge the fact that you are changed as a result of that. So going forward, you are a different person because of that stuff. And so we we try to let go of what was in the past and move to the forward with our experiences. And that's a great thing about fasting too is because we have those opportunities to disconnect from the distractions. And so distractions, more and more I'm thinking about how distractions that we have, the ones that we put in front of us, the ones that other people put in front of us are, I mean, it could be one of the greatest sins. As a sin is something that keeps us away from God and keeps us away from who we are. If we are constantly distracted by, by social media or other apps or something like that, then we are not allowing ourselves that time to be true to ourself but how do you how would you set someone up how would you talk to your congregation about fasting if you wanted to do that with your congregation what would you do it's the same thing that i say about prayer and it sounds so simple but it's helpful it's uh pray as you can not as you can't and i think it acknowledges that aspect of start with where you're at not where you where not where you want to be right now because, so for example, and I say this a lot to my congregation, probably have 
mentioned it three times since I've been in Desarc. When Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, we all have in our mind what perfection is. Yeah. We cannot achieve perfection overnight. I'm going to wake up and be perfect. And there's I, nothing you can do. None to of us can do it. that. None of us can do that. And what Jesus meant really, you know, in that word, the Greek word is to be fully formed and fully matured. And so how do you become mature? You don't just, I just wish I was more mature than I was. I'm going to act mature. Well, that's not going to work because you've not gone through the process of becoming mature. It takes many years maybe and, and many steps of realizing things within yourself and practicing it. And so all of us were overwhelmed by that reality of like, I just have to be perfect. I can't do that. And I think a lot of Christian leaders probably have led people astray or like, you know, maybe come across as judgmental or have just hindered people's spiritual growth in having that expectation. You just have to be perfect and without sin right now. Well, no, we can't do that. And I don't even think God has that expectation for that kind of work to be done with in, in us overnight. However, I think what's more approachable and what's more meant by that is the way in which you become mature and become fully developed is you take the next step. You take the next step. You take the next step. And you reassess and you realize that sometimes you go one step forward, two steps back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes growth looks messy. It's sort of like that chart where it's like, this is what growth or the journey looks like. And it's just scribbly lines. You know, I've loved during this pandemic, there's, there's like that felt board where you put letters on it and it says, dear God. And it's just like all these crazy letters on there. And then it says, amen. That's, that's what our lives and that's what our lives of faith are, where it's more about the journey and recognizing where we are each step and looking back and saying, I didn't do good this last week or God, you know, like I feel closer to you now than I ever have before. And yeah, we sh we could want that all the time, but we don't experience that all the time. We go through dry seasons. We go through times where we don't read the Bible. We go through times where we don't want to serve others. Um, so it's just taking the next step and growing in not only your trust of God, but growing in the practices that help you to draw closer to God. So for example, you know, I'm doing okay in my fasting right now. Um, I've put a limit on Facebook to where on my phone, at least I'm only on there for 30 minutes a day. That's my limit. It has changed how knowing that that's a limit, that that's more than enough time for me to get on throughout the day and see what's up and to post whatever. Cause honestly, all of that stuff, you get tired of scrolling through and you kind of get through the zombie mind where you're like, I've been scrolling for 20 minutes now and I've done nothing or I've not commented or I've liked some things, but it's like, what is that really doing? What What are you not doing? Because you're, what is the opportunity cost of your, being on Facebook? I've been reading more. Um, I've been allowing myself time of quiet. It's too, it's too tart, isn't it? Yeah, I just tasted the druid um, thing and it's, it's just nothing what you think it would be. I know. But I want to, before we go into this, I want to comment on what you said about about it. I think I think you're very you're very astute to this. I think it's important to have the end goal in mind, but it's also important for that current that constant evaluation. Mm. And this is in everything that constant evaluation. But it, there's a huge component of grace in there as well. Grace with yourself, grace with other people, and that's where I think we lack a lot of, especially when I, I mean when it comes to wearing masks. Mm. And I myself am extremely guilty of this is, mm. is not giving grace and seeing things from another perspective which mm. is my wife god love her she has this ability to be able to see the other side of things so 
I'm, I'm, you know, and and I appreciate that to some things because we get this this tunnel vision. Yeah, we have to achieve at certain things, and whatever else is there, it doesn't make a difference. And we and, don't see the complexity of things. Yeah. So I'm going to interject with a story here. Lay it on me. Someone posted a meme, which if if it was by itself, it's fine. It's basically some sort of meme that says something about like there's some people that don't know the difference between there, there, and there. And that's fine on its own. That's true. It's a true statement. There's some people that don't know that. Um, someone posted, though, they, they were like, this is why people don't need to do homeschooling during this pandemic. And I get if you just think that briefly and you just post it or you share it, Sure, I could see how that connection would be made. But linking the fact that there are people in this world that know the difference between they are there as possession and there, like right there, that's what's happening. That's where those people are. And then there are people that do know that. You're adding to it the complexity of homeschooling is bad, and this is why. And you're adding to it the judgment of why would parents go for the homeschooling option? Which, ironically, homeschooling is not really homeschooling during this pandemic. So, for example, it's more virtual learning. They're learning at, at school. I mean, they're learning school at home, basically. But it's not the typical homeschooling program where they, they have no hope of integrating. Or they just, they just don't want to integrate into the schools. And that's fine. And my wife and I were talking about this today. It's you're making it so much more complex, but trying to make it seem like it's the simplest idea. So for example, yes, there, again, yes, there are people that can't tell the difference between the three theirs. There are a lot of good homeschools that people are taught. Well, people thrive. Well, they have social interactions, whether through sports or, you know, they're certain, uh, I forget the the name of it, but you know, kind of like homeschool, Homeschool, like within a region, they gather co-ops. together. Co-ops, yeah. They're also really bad examples of homeschooling. Where, yeah, maybe some of those people would not know the difference between there. There's also at play this reality that you're judging someone for their choices for education during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Normally, you shouldn't judge someone and you should realize the complexity. But especially, you know, going back to what you're saying about grace... We should not be judging one another for our decisions during a pandemic because we're making decisions that while for your family, you can make a different decision that's good for you. For our family, this is good. And so, for example, for us, our school system, our principal said that the curriculum that's used in person for school this year is the exact same curriculum that will happen virtual learning. And that's genius because it, it transitions well. So, for example, say students start off in-person school and for whatever reason in Arkansas where we're at there's a spike in cases and they have to back away from doing in-person and go to virtual it's a seamless transition likewise we're starting off with the homeschool option which is really just virtual but after a while when things get better we want to send our kids back to school and so it would be a seamless transition also you know and again this adds complexity it's not just I have one thing in figuring out what our decision is here. Another reason why we are deciding to do the homeschooling option as of now 
is because in Desert, there are people that, and they, they, you know, I learned this when we moved, there are people that live, quote unquote, in town and people that live out of town. And what that means is internet speeds are much better in town. They're still not superb, but they're much better in town. If you live out in the country, there's some people that they've, you know, CenturyTel or whatever company, they don't want to run lines out of there because of money purposes. But basically, they just don't get good internet. And so for us, we want to do the virtual learning because my wife works for VIP Kid, but otherwise, you know, she teaches in the morning. Otherwise, she, you know, just does stuff around the house during the day. And so we have that bandwidth to be there with our girls and educate them. We even talked about on Fridays, like me being doing PE or something like that with our girls. That's great. Um, And I'm sort of, you know, flexible with with, uh, being a pastor. There are other people that, need an in-person schooling system for their children because both parents work or it's a single parent and they're working. And so for us, it's, it's caring for other people in terms of doing this. I have to say you've hit on two important things. It's one is that we try to put our best situation is best for everyone. And it's just not like that, especially in light of the pandemic. And mm. my wife and I have been struggling on, on what to do. I mean, we, we essentially have three options. And and it, it came to the fact that it's not what's the best option, but what is the the best option for us and what is what is the contingency on that, right? So it's not necessarily what is ideal, but what is best in this situation. And and we all have to make that decision individually. Which brings up my second point is that we you see this in religion. You see this in nationalism. We find our self-worth in devaluing other people and their decisions. Yeah, there's a winner and loser, someone to demonize, and we're the heroes. Right, and that's, <clears throat> a, that's, that's a tenet of fun, fundamentalism, is that I am more holy because you are not. And it's not like that, right? It's not a, what I learned this recently, it's not zero sum, which means... It's not a pie, and there's a certain amount of stuff. We all can have salvation. We all have grace. We all have our own individual situations that are different. And so we need to approach that as, as a sisters and brothers in Christ who can look at someone and say, hey, you have that inherent worth, yeah. and that inherent worth is for you, and your situation is different. And it's not I'm better than you or you're wrong and I'm right, but it's how are we going to do this together for the glory of God and that takes dialogue and listening and um, compromise Compromise, this morning Missy and I were talking about the vast difference between Republicans and Democrats and our political landscape currently Uh, I can't drink any more of this beer it's gross right it's it's something (laughs) and the, the best way I could frame it is there are two narratives yeah each one you can understand for sure but if your narrative doesn't include people that don't think like you, you've missed the point. Mm. And so can we all get on the same page, the same narrative where we do compromise, but we're able to move forward together? So, for example, I, I mean, there are a lot of people that talk about this. We can't just get rid of um, the left or we can't just get rid of the right. We both need that. We're in relationship and we need a balance. I know that it's hard to hear that sometimes. One of the best things I've ever heard came from uh, Nadia Boltzweber. Mm -hmm. So my alma mater, Centenary 
Centenary College of Louisiana. It's been around uh, since the early 1800s. Oldest college west of the Mississippi. Anyway, they uh, their their CLC Christian Leadership something uh, would bring in these people, and they brought in Nadia Boltzweber a long time ago, and she said, "You need both the right wing and the left wing to fly a plane." Yeah, and it's important with with how we do things as well. Okay, so we have been all over the mountains, all over the world. Let's bring it back. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say one more thing about fasting, and then I'm going to say one more thing about fasting, probably based off what you say. And then let's go for our beer reviews. I would say start off small, Mm. fast as you can, not as you can't, and work towards it. And evaluate where you're at. If you are not drawing closer to God, for whatever reason, don't beat yourself up, but just adjust at the same time. As a balance to that, don't make excuses to where you you don't grow in that practice. I think as followers of Jesus, we all need to work towards that. I'll give another analogy because I think this is helpful. When you have a soundboard and you're mixing sound, you have different instruments on there, you have voices. Not everyone's going to be at the same level. So, for example, <clears throat> even within yourself, if you look at fasting... If you look at service, if you look at Bible reading, if you look at prayer, if you look at solitude, any um, spiritual practice that draws you closer to God, you're at different levels. And that's okay. You're not going to be at the same level in all those. For the rest of your life, you might be on a low level for one of them. You know, solitude and, and, um, you know, like for me, reflection and solitude – I, my personality is more geared towards that. And so there's things that, while I'm not perfect on them, like I think I have, you know, kind of a step up in some ways. And so there are other areas I'm working on. Work towards finding a good balance. You know, you might be lower at one thing. And so say, you know, maybe this is the one thing I'm good at. Not that you're not going to do that anymore, but for a time you're going to focus on fasting if you're not good at fasting. Or for a time you're going to focus on silence in prayer and the balance will help you you'll learn within those practices different things that will help grow your relationship um, with God um, and draw you closer to the divine right on thank you for sharing that there was a professor at Perkins School of Theology Dr. Elaine Heath who went on to be the the dean of the the College of Theology at Duke. And I want to use her words here when I talk about fasting. First of all, I say, do it. Try it. Give yourself grace. And that's where the words of Dr. Elaine Heath come in. And it's, she said this at the Louisiana Annual Conference years ago. She said, we fail ourselves forward. Go out, start doing it. And when you fail, that's okay. Keep going. Keep changing. And as fasting is difficult... And fasting is varied from who you are and what you choose to do. I feel like it's an important spiritual discipline to do. And give it a go. And fail yourself forward. And give yourself the grace and the compromise. Remember that you're not in it alone, but we're all in this together. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So which one one of these would you say is the pale ale? Uh, Let me see. Let me see the the chart. I have to tell you uh, as we go over that. Because one, t- this one tastes more pale ale. The one, this is the pale ale. That's the pale ale. That's the pale ale. That pale one looks more pale ale, doesn't it? 
Doesn't it look more pale ale? I'm not it's cloudy. Gonna, I don't, I don't, but, yeah. So I'll, this I'll one tastes you. more like a pale ale because it's not. It doesn't have the punch of the IPA. Right. But so I actually prefer the IPA over the pale ale. What's well, wrong with me? I'll tell you. It is the Dig the Ride Pale Ale. Or sorry, Dig the Ride IPA that Lost Forty has, and it is a good. really good IPA. The pale ale, which I don't know the name of it, when you put it in comparison to the IPA, is phenomenal. It's crisp. The hoppiness is a little bit more on edge, and it's quite nice. So I definitely recommend the Dig the Ride and the pale ale. The uh, blueberry muffin was good. I figure it could have a little bit more substance. It was kind of kind of flat towards the back end, but it it does serve a, a, a kind of a sourish beer craze. But people have different palates. If you have a lighter palate, there's nothing wrong with that. You might like it better than you know. I love dark beer, and I'm starting to like IPAs more. Which brings me to the Druid, which is a dark <laughs> beer, high alcohol, eight and a half percent. I was right, wasn't I? You were right. Like, and maybe it's this. If I didn't see it. I wouldn't think dark and creamy, but th- there is a tartness to it that, that's that's almost a put off. But then again, that's just for me personally. And as we've decided and we talked about here, yeah. different people have different things. So rate them one to four. Go. Oh, I don't know. I right now I think I rate the IPA highest. Nice. Then maybe the pale ale. Yep. Then the blonde. Then the blueberry. I love your your transition from dark to IPAs. <laughs> this is fantastic. For me, I'm going to go with the pale ales number one. The IPA number two. Blueberry muffin number three, and uh, the dark beer. It's worth a try because I think it's worth expanding. So it. I want to point out that I, I, we start off me saying I love pale ales. Yeah, and you, we all know you love IPAs, but the pale ale won out for you today, and the IPA did. for me. It did. I, you know, if you make a good, if you craft a good American pale ale, I'll pretty much give you access to whatever you want. Yeah. that's kind of how it is. So, oh. Finished it out for us. Man, this has been fun. It has um, been. Thanks for joining us for the conversation. This one's a little bit longer, but hey, hopefully you're still with us. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That helps um, other people find out about the show and to join the conversation. Uh, if you want to write in or have any questions, or if you want, you want to be a guest. Uh, oh, that's a great idea. We'll even take criti- criticism, you know? Oh, I love um, it. On our webpage for Anchor, Flighty Thoughts, you can leave a message. Uh I don't know if do we have emails on there. I don't know. Oh, check the show notes. We'll take care of everything. We're on Facebook and Instagram, right? Yep. Yeah. So check us out there. Um, like what we're doing. Share it with some friends. Tell some other people. I actually told some people earlier today, and they're like, "I'll have to go check that out." Nice. It is funny though. It's like flighty thoughts, and like, why would I want to listen to that? <laughs> In the world of news today, flighty thoughts are a, a welcome <laughs> break. I will say we do release new episodes at the tenth of every month. Mm-hmm. And so check back, subscribe, you'll get you'll get all those in there. And we hope today's conversation was was good for you and that you found meaning in it in some form or fashion. And like Bevel said, we'd love to hear from you. So check the show notes, leave a message if you want, and uh, thanks. Peace.